Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, as usual, is Colin Mitchell. Hello. You doing well? You're I'm doing, doing right, fantastic. Colin? That's good. All right, it's good. You know what? I'm even. I'm doing even better now that North Texas has won. Yeah, I'm sure that, you are. That loss That's, was just terrible. Um, the the win wasn't very good either, but uh, you know, a win's a win, right? <laughs> a win's definitely a win. As as the great Seth has said, a win is a win. Yeah, that's that's what he told his team <laughs> after the game. That's what he said in all the press conferences afterwards. Um, he was just happy to get to get this one over with. I feel like I, I mean, feel like we all were happy it was over with. Yeah, it was kind of a trap game, as a lot of people will will call it. I mean, nah. after the emotional loss to Louisiana Tech, UTEP is a team that played hard, but I mean, on paper, they were not supposed to be anywhere close to North Texas. They not were at twenty-seven all. point underdogs coming into it at home. Yeah. So, uh, the Miners kind of outplayed North Texas in the first half a little bit, but came back and. Uh, but North Texas came back and kind of put them away in the second half. Yeah. You, the final score was only 27-24. to 24, to, but to, to put this in perspective, UTEP's considered the worst team in college football. Yes, in the FBS. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not really... Yeah. They're, from, they won, from, from top 25 votes to almost losing to Team 138. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, UTEP has now lost 18 in a row. So just, Hey, you know when their last one was? Yes, North Texas. It, it, was, my, that, it was that beautiful 1-11 season. No, 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 no. Yes. Oh, I was at that who? game. No. UTEP beat North Texas in 2016, Seth Luttrell's first year, oh, the last game of the season. Oh, You're thinking oh, one year I'm, earlier. Okay, yeah, sorry. But Seth would never go 1-11. Yeah, Seth wouldn't do that to <laughs> us. Um, but just the the overall experience watching the game on my computer was kind of tough and kind of boring because in the first half, it was 10-10, to but... There really wasn't much action. No, um, not at all. I mean, North Texas got off to a terrible start. There were those two interceptions from North Texas that I felt like really were heaven sent because oh, yeah. UTEP could have easily had the lead going into halftime. Yeah, I mean, one of them was in an end zone pass, and I don't remember the other one exactly. but uh, Tyreek Davis snagged it out of the air on a really athletic play earlier in the, or in the first quarter. Somewhere. Okay, yeah, I, only, I, got, I started the second quarter, oh, so rough. Sorry. Um, Couldn't get that sling to work. So, so question, <laughs> Colin. Yes. Is this win, how important is this win to get it? I mean, considering you're going against the worst team in the FBS, does it have any importance, or is it just like brush it aside? Brush it aside. No, this one's super important. Any Conference USA win going forward is the most important win every week. Mm-hmm. Because you have La Tech, who lost to UAB. We'll talk about that later. But you need to try to win out. Because if yeah. La Tech doesn't lose three games, say you lose, say you lose against this UTEP team yesterday, you have to hope La Tech loses two more games after losing last night. So every win, North Texas needs to feel like it's it's basically they're not going to be able to play in the conference championship game. Yeah, every single game, uh, like, yeah. like you said, they need to they have to win out. Yeah. At least that has to be the the expectation the thought, at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because if you lose another game, two losses, especially if you lose to UAB um, and or anyone like that, then it you're not gonna have the tiebreaker already. So it's gonna be tough to to get back into it. But um, overall, I mean, I felt like the offense. It was kind of like a tale of two halves because in the first half the offense played bad, the defense played well. In the second half the defense played better. Yeah. Ish. Um, I'm sorry, the defense didn't play as well, but the offense played better. Yeah. Uh, because the defense gave up that big play down the sideline. Not good. Cam, when Cam Johnson slipped. And then the offense kind of scored on their first three possessions with 17 points. So, I mean, 
it was kind of a flip, but North Texas, as we all know, needs their offense um, to score a lot of points. And 27 isn't a lot, but it was it was enough to get it done against a UTEP team that was without their starting quarterback, Kai Loxley. It didn't really seem like it mattered, to be honest. I mean, honestly, the second quarterback, <laughs> the commentators were talking about it, the second quarterback that they used, Mets, I mean, he seemed like he was a better passer than Loxley. Yeah. So, I mean, that is it's a different element. And also, when I talked to the North Texas players on Tuesday, they were game planning for Loxley still. I mean, they, so I don't know how late in the week they found out yeah. that Loxley was going to be out. But we didn't even know until the game started. Yeah, I, I had no clue. Yeah. So, um, but I don't know if they found out the day of or if they found out on Thursday or Wednesday yeah. or whatever. But anyway, it just throws a little wrench in your preparation to not know what quarterback you're going against uh, for the I, entire week. I, I'm just going to say if it's the worst team in the country, I don't really think you... Okay. I, 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 get, I get it's different, but you've played against passes before. That's true. All right. Anything else you got on the game? Just the general watching experience. Not the game, but we do have a question. But we're going to go over questions later just to let everyone know. Okay, so, cool. Hold, yeah, so hold them, them in there. off. Hold, but, hold off on that. Well, you can still, well, you can can still same, but like, we're not. I'm talking to us. Like, yes, we're yes. going to hold we'll off hold on those. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So, overall, um, you, got, you got anything else on the overall viewing experience besides <laughs> it being pretty rough? I mean, how nervous were you in the fourth quarter? It was okay. And it especially was like, when you took It was one of those games where it was like, I never truly thought North Texas neither, was going to lose the game. Neither. Like, even when, <laughs> even when UTEP was on the 30 or whatever it was. Yeah, they were on their own 30. With no, the ball. when they, when they were on North Texas thirty at the end of the game, when Naybrook's picked it off in the end zone. Oh, that was in the that was in the first half. No, it wasn't. It was second half. Naybrook picked it off in the end zone at the end of the first half. Well, dang, that second half went by super fast. Yeah, it did because but, there were a lot of more scoring. Okay, I guess it was the it was when uh, when Mets ran no, he, when he when he when he moved the chains. Yes, because when he did that when he got on when he got on North Texas side, I was like, Nah, they ain't gonna do it. Yeah, I was like, There's no way. And I mean. I don't know why I thought that because we North Texas played very bad. Yeah, they did throughout the game, and uh, I don't know. I just I don't really know how to feel about it yet. Yeah, I mean, with two minutes left, uh, UTEP got the ball back at their 16. They Ladarius Hambone Hamilton gave him a roughing the passer penalty, gave him 15 yards to the 31, first and 10, with about Not a minute good. and a half left. Yep. And then Mets kind of I don't I don't want to say he panicked, but. They, I don't remember exactly the sequence, but they just couldn't get anything going, and then he got sacked on got sacked twice. third down. Was it okay? Second and yeah. third down, he got sacked. So they faced like a fourth and seventeen, but they re- very easily could have gotten that fourth and seventeen oh, because yeah. they they he hit the tight end right over the middle. Lucario, yeah. I believe that could his name that was. could have been ball and game, and it hit his yeah. fingertips, and he just couldn't bring it in, and that would have been a twenty-five yard gain right there, and they would be on, been on the fifty yeah. with a minute left. Yeah. They only needed a field goal to tie the game sent to overtime. Like, it's that close. <laughs> yeah, I know. And from UTEP tying the game or beating North Texas. And you, and you could you could bring that both ways. North Texas had a lot of drops as well. I mean, in yeah. terms of, uh, like, you had that Rico Bussey, long, Mason, Mason Fine they had did. that bomb, and it just went through his hands. Yes. Um, it's just part of the game. But at the, the end, but I mean, seeing that, I was like, dang, they're really about to give up this another third and long. The, yeah, that's true. The thing is, though, is that UTEP has to be kicking themselves for that late, late interception to Nate Brooks in the end zone because you go up thirteen to ten. I mean, it's not a hugely different game, but I mean, it's a, it's a different game. You're in the lead. It's a, North Texas is yeah. You're in the lead against the favorites to oh, the yeah one the, of the used favorites to be in the favorites conference to, uh, I mean, to win the West West uh, so, division. I mean that, and then Ty, the Tyreek Davis interception came in the. Um, in the inside the 35 yard line, with North Texas was backed up inside their 35 yeah. already, so that's another chance to score three points. 
I mean, like I said in my recap, or what's it, my... One of the recaps I wrote, North Texas was lucky to be tied at halftime. Yeah. And that's no, really bad against a UTEP team that's and, not good. And uh, just to go off of field goals, too, I, I don't really know if UTEP trusted their kicker. Well, they rolled him out for a 53-yarder. No, I know, but there was the... There was the Obviously, the tipped. Uh, yeah, the fifty-three yard that was tipped. Yeah, yeah, and then there was the he he almost didn't hit like a twenty-something yard. Yeah, he hit like a twenty-nine yard yeah. or something like and that. And he missed the first one, and then there was a penalty. Uh, yeah, but uh, I yes, mean, even the, comment, the first one even, even the commentators, even the uh, extra point, he missed it badly. I think it was. And it then was, there was an extra a point. Okay, but yeah. the commentators were even like, I don't really know if the UTEP trusts the kicker because then they went for it on like fourth and three, so yeah. taking points. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into let's get into our game analysis. Okay, everything. Let's start with, as usual, Mason Fine at quarterback for North Texas. Mason, Mason, Mason. Do you have the numbers in front of you? Yes, I do. Mason Fine, 23 for 34, 294 yards and two touchdowns, which should have been possibly four touchdowns, but, you know, yeah. So uh, we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But the thing about Mason is that he goes 23 of 34. He was 9 of 19 in the first half. Agreed, yeah. Um, He was 14 of 15 in the second half, which is... Already staggering, considering that they just couldn't get anything going in the first yeah. half. They were out of rhythm for a lot of the first half, and Mason kind of willed them in the second half to get going, even if it wasn't like huge plays or anything like yeah. that. He started um, getting even getting excited. Yeah, I'm trying himself. to think of the biggest play that I saw in the second half. It probably was that Rico catch where he stepped out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's another thing. Rico <laughs> steps out of bounds at the 16, I think it was, instead of, and he could have got to like the two or the three or even in the end zone. Yeah. If he, what, yeah, that was frustrating <laughs> as well. So, I mean, stuff like that just showed you how, like, maybe they weren't all the way there. Maybe the receivers weren't all the way there. Yeah, I don't know. It was really it's, weird from a receiver standpoint. standpoint. How many? There were four drop passes. Am I, am, I believe I'm so. Okay, that, four so, recorded drop passes, yes. So, there was four drop passes. Mason could have been uh, 27 and 34, mm. which would be amazing. Terrific. Yeah, and... Like I said, you had the Rico one over the top that could have been a touchdown. You had Rico stepping out of bounds. You had uh, you had Kelvin, Kelvin Smith dropped over the, one. the middle I mean, for a fourth and one. Yeah, he drops just a blatant and then one Michael right Lawrence, over the middle. A, Mike Law a t- dropped two. A, t- a tougher catch, one of them. But yeah, one of them was a tougher catch, but still he could have caught it. it. Was, yeah, I mean it's a drop. I don't. Again, we're we're getting it. We're getting ahead into the receiver section and like the Butterfingers section we have, but. It's you can't. It's hard not to talk it's, about. It's kind of like it's kind of the main thing to talk about because I wrote my cider on it as well. It's been a problem for North Texas throughout this whole season. So, and I didn't know this, but Pro Football Focus had them as the number one team, led, leading the nation in drops yeah. up to this point. So they had eighteen up to this before the UTEP yeah, game. So now they're assumingly twenty-two. Right. Um. So, it's really weird to go from a receiving corpse that we thought was top six in the country, explosive, had yeah. good hands, could run, run good routes. They had everything. Michael Lawrence, Jalen Darden, Jalen Guyton, Rico Bussey, even Kelvin Smith. And now it's like these guys can't really catch the ball. Right. And, and weird. It's weird. And I I don't remember this last season. I don't either. I, don't, I mean, there were so many clutch catches last season. I mean, this just looked like routine stuff that they were just dropping. It, I mean, it wasn't anything like game on the line or anything like that, and it was just a drop. I mean, the Michael Lawrence one, I think, uh, the second one, was I think the one that stuck out the most. The where second one where he was running like Wide open, hit his hands, and just fell to the ground. Yeah. And it's like, Mason did everything right. He moved around in the pocket, hit you, and then you just dropped the pass. And I think 
when people are looking at Mason's stats, because I know we've been talking about this since he since the first game where he was like 40, 50. Yeah. Is that people, I think, now are expecting Mason to get like the 300, 300 plus yards every every game. Yeah. And have that 70 plus completion percentage because he set that kind of precedent in those first two mm-hmm. games. But the receivers aren't helping him out. And For I think sure. we need to look at that when you look at Mason's performance because Mason, if you watch the game, Mason's playing just like Mason always does. Yeah. And I don't really think he's playing. I mean, I think he's playing above above his normal level. I don't think he's playing having like the average game or whatever. And I think the receivers are kind of letting him down, especially the last two games. Um, I'm not really sure why. Yeah, it's it's been weird. I mean, if you look at it, not just this game, but if they have 18 drops according to Pro Football Focus, right, entering the game. So that's through five games, they have 18 drops. That's three and a half per game. Like that's that's already a staggering number. Yeah. Then you have four. So I mean, four isn't even out of the ordinary. But we haven't even. It hasn't caught our eye like it did last night, which yeah. is weird. We mentioned it here it's, and there. It's unusual. Yeah, we did. Was Jalen Guyton has yeah. been the main has been the main problem. Yeah. We saw it against SMU. He drops it in the end zone. We saw it against uh, multiple teams where he had drops. So I mean, of those eighteen drops we he had we had coming into the year, North Texas had coming into the year. I'd say probably five or six of those are Jalen, mm-hmm. which is bad. But then we don't think of Kelvin Smith. Has a couple drops. Michael Lawrence, I remember, has a couple drops in the mm-hmm. year. Rico Bussey also had some drops. The only one I, th- I think Jalen Darden's been the best pure route running route runner and catch uh, yeah. receiver up no. to this point in the year. And I was going to ask. I mean, at this point, is the is there truly a number one receiver on this team in terms of above and beyond talent over the other receivers? I mean, coming the season, we thought Jalen was going to have the season back. Then it turned into Rico, but now it's kind of like. Darden has been performing. Maybe not. Darden, the, Darden's been the most consistent. I think he's had five receptions in the last ex- three games. Exactly. So. You know, of course, you always have Rico beating them on the fades or something like yeah. that. But you know, you, you don't see him really hitting a slant and then running up the field and yeah. like he did last season. So I, I mean, I don't really think this team has that true number one go-to target that Mason can go. Okay, go through his reads and then he just kind of throws it up to. You know what I mean? Well, if you ask Louisiana Tech, it's still Jalen Guyton because they had a Meek Robertson on right. him the whole game, which is really. Staggering. Legereus Need was good on Rico Bussi as well. I mean, they had two cornerbacks basically who could cover. Yeah, really I mean, well. those corners are yeah, so, unbelievable. So I mean, but Jalen Guyton, I feel like still gets the respect of everybody. I agree. I mean, that they because you have to, but it's just based on his numbers that mm-hmm. he's had. But in terms of now, yeah, I would still say it's Rico Bussi, even though he did have some, those sweet plays that they those shuffle passes that they do that padded his stats pretty good, including the touchdown. Yeah. But I still think that he's he's the one that they go to for over the top stuff more so than Jalen. Jalen still seems like the guy who they send on like ten yard stop routes or yeah. ten yard little in routes and stuff kind like that. Kind of a yard after the catch kind of guy. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I would say it's still Rico Bussy, but I can I can understand where you're coming from because I feel like it is a pretty well distributed receiving core, which is good yeah. at this point. Yeah, it's, the, it's not bad as but, long as they catch the ball. But yeah, but it's like I mean, it's like having it's like having the Cowboys or the Saints in terms of, like, my question. Yeah. Like, you have the Cowboys who kind of have just a bunch of average receivers who, I mean, you have Alan Hearns is your number one. Yeah. But then you have, like, the Saints who have Michael Thomas and uh, Ted Ginn who are two really good receivers. And it's like, are there, is North Texas on the level of really good receivers like they were coming into the season, or do you think they've kind of fallen off a bit? Or, yeah, do I think it's more, like, level? Um, I mean, I think it's, the thing is, I think it's more level across the board. In that I think that it's a lot of good receivers still. I don't think it, it's a lot. Coming into the year, we might have thought Jalen Guyton was great and Michael Lawrence was really good. 
Right. And Rico was really good. But now I just feel like they're all just good. They're all solid receivers right. that, can make, okay. that can make plays. Okay. And yeah. they have a top 10 quarterback in the country. So that yeah. helps. If they can catch the ball, Mason's numbers are going to look even better than what they are right now. I yeah. mean, they just need to cut the drops in half, and the offense will gain more rhythm. I mean, that could get them one or two more first downs per game, which will probably score them a field goal or, or yeah. even a touchdown I mean, you more could have, per you game. Two, you could have two more touchdowns if they catch every pass last night. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. Kelvin Smith gets you into the red zone, and Jalen, uh, the, the Rico Bussy one scores you a touchdown. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, that's easy points. So, that's that's everything we have on the receivers right there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but like you said, I mean, just going back to Mason real quick, I think that he was he's he was really... I mean, he was accurate. He has, what is it, 15 touchdowns to one interception right now this year? Yeah, and two, last last season games? it was not like that. No, especially... He's more I mean, of a gunslinger. Yeah, he was, he was <laughs> slinging that thing around last year. He was throwing it up to Jalen Guyton the whole year. And this year it's a lot more methodical. It's a lot more... Um, since they know they don't have Jeffrey Wilson back there, they know they have to use the pass as kind of the run game as well, which is why yeah. we see a lot of short stuff uh, to kind of get them into third and manu- manageable downs. Right. But... I think Mason's just done a great job of just recognizing the play, and even though last night I don't think he had great protection, which gets us into the offensive line yeah. segment, I still think he made the most, and he's done a good job moving and creating time and getting people open even when there's not yeah. an option immediately. Agreed. And, I mean, you could even argue this team has three losses without Mason. Probably. I mean, shoot. Without Mason, if you're, you're talking about starting if, if, you had, if you had an average quarterback, just an average conference music so quarterback. So you had like Jamar Smith for Louisiana had, Tech? Exactly. If you had him, I think this team has three losses. To who? To uh, UTEP? Like, you could say UTEP. You already have Law Tech. And then that Liberty game, if Mason didn't actually kind of rally the team, I mean, that could have been a no, loss. No, no, no. Not Liberty. I'll give you I'll give you maybe Arkansas. I don't. Ar- that was defense, though. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they would lose any of those first four games without Mason. I don't SM, know. No, SMU. They beat the breaks off SMU. I think Jamar gets that done. I think. So yeah, no. I think. I think two losses, maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't we'll, know. We'll see. But I, I mean, know. I I understand what you're trying to say, but I just don't think saying that they're they would have three losses is the right way. Okay, to say we'll it. say Quinn. You have Quinn at quarterback. If they have Quinn at quarterback, they yeah they probably. You think they have three losses? I think they have. Pro- I think they have a lot of losses. <laughs> I don't know, but ain't quitting because they they're not. Yeah, the teams wouldn't guard the pass. But that's besides the point. Uh, as I was saying, the offensive line I don't think gave Mason a lot of time last no. night, especially in the first half. I feel like in the second half their pass protection was better, but I also feel like Mason knew where he was going a lot more, so it kind of negated that. Uh, the run blocking was not good. No, the uh, North Texas averaged three point eight yards per carry. Uh, DeAndre had DeAndre Torrey had 19 carries. Kind of featured back last night too. DeAndre Torrey had 19 carries. Nick Smith had 13 carries. Uh, neither one really got going. Nick Smith had a better game, if I remember correctly. I think he had 4.6 yards per carry, something around there. Uh, while DeAndre only had like 3.2. So I mean, you have running backs who are explosive in space, but you don't have Lauren Easley. Which, I mean, as we mentioned before, his ability to shed shed tackles is going to be really missed on this team. And even though DeAndre Torrey is strong, he can break tackles, he's not big enough to where people kind of fall off of him when uh, they tackle It was 4.9 for Nick Smith and yeah. 3.7 for DeAndre Torrey. Yeah, so Nick Smith had a, had a good game, and yeah. I think that's the case. Whenever there's not a ton of good blocking ahead of people, 
Nick Smith is going to be the better back because I feel like he can at least fall forward for some yards. DeAndre Torrey is really strong. DeAndre Torrey is probably stronger than Nick Smith as far as just pure strength, strength goes. I, like he's he's what was it? Taylor Robinson called him a bowling ball. I mean, I feel like that's really <laughs> accurate. I feel like he could just hit people, but they're not gonna. He's not gonna break that for like an extra three yards. I don't know. Forward. I feel like DeAndre Torrey had the better game last night, and I I, I only say that because Nick Smith had that twenty yard run at the end. If he doesn't have that twenty yard run, then he has forty yards rushing on twelve carries. A twenty yard run. I think right. Nick, no, Nick I, Smith Nick Smith's ability to hit a hole with speed and conviction I think is very very impressive, and I think he does that just as well as DeAndre. I think DeAndre is better in open space and cutting. Uh, so oh yeah, DeAndre I think, is definitely I think when the offensive that. line when the offensive line is not blocking, and when they're doing what they did last night, where you UTEP seemingly always had at least one guy uh, break through and bother the backs, it's really tough for DeAndre to get to get ahead of steam, and he needs that more so than <clears throat> more so than Lauren Easley or Nick Smith. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, um, go ahead. I was gonna say so. We all we know that the running game kind of won the game at the end. That therefore uh, North Texas with Nick Smith's twenty yard run. Yes. But the game might not have been as close if defense digging up those third and longs like we saw mm. last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a it was reminiscent few of them. Yeah, I it mean was I was thinking, huh? Mets ran for one. Uh, Mets threw had a bomb in the end zone. I don't know if you remember. He rolled right in the end zone. Yep. No time. He just heaves it up. Kyrie Muhammad doesn't even turn around for some reason. North Texas cornerbacks are really bad at not turning around at all, even when they have they should know they have plenty of time because it's a bomb. Yeah. Never turn around, so they just put their hands up, and the ball just goes right under Kyrie Muhammad, and the guy catches it for like 40 yards, and they're in action, and they're in, they're set up. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, stuff like that. North Texas has not been used to that since 2016. No. I mean, we haven't seen it, really. We haven't seen it since 2016. Yeah. It was reminiscent of that SMU game my freshman year, the very first game I ever saw where Cortland Sutton and, and everyone just you could, caught You could, you could even argue passes. that last year, too. Cortland Sutton oh, yeah, tore up last true. year. That's true. <laughs> but anyways, the third downs were bothersome. I feel like if they didn't have those two interceptions that I mentioned earlier, it would be a completely different game, and I feel like North Texas would have been in big, big trouble if Agreed. they didn't have those two interceptions. But they do. But they did get those two interceptions because they're a good secondary. I mean, even without Kyrie Muhammad or Kimon Hall, I'm sorry, they still have Nate Brooks who can make plays. They still have Tyreek Davis who made a huge play. Jameel Moore in the both of them in the nickel slot. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, Cam Johnson. I don't think he was great, but he held his own. I mean, I mean he did he did fine. He yeah. did fine. Besides the play where he slipped and gave up the 67 yard touchdown in man-to-man, which is not yeah, good. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised they played Cam Johnson over Jordan Roberts after we, what we saw last week. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Cam's had more game time. I, yeah, and I feel they like, trust Cam and a little I feel bit like more. It's, I mean, going into the game is UTEP, and like kind of giving Cam that chance to get some more game time. I mean, obviously he didn't do what he needed to do, I guess, the whole time, but uh, I feel like they just trust him going in. Yep. So. Um, the secondary, though, I felt like played decently well even though they I felt like they played with a big cushion they were trying not to give up the big play and they didn't give up the big play for most of the night besides the Cam Johnson play uh, a lot of it they kept them in front of them but it kind of let UTEP get a rhythm in the first quarter yeah so that's why they got into the North Texas half four times and only scored two of those uh, with the interceptions being the other two so 
Refit's blitzes once again didn't quite hit unless they brought seven people. Yeah, which we saw at the very end of the game. Yeah, which we saw on a, a couple occasions where Refit just said, "Screw this, we're bringing everybody." Yeah, because five is not getting yeah. to them, which bring is the, not bring the safeties up. Yeah, it's 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 not great because earlier in the season we saw five guys often would get to the quarterback and they didn't have to bring six or seven people. But right now, in these last two games, five people has not been getting to the quarterback. Five Agreed. on five or five on six has not been getting to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So they're having to bring six on six, seven on six to try to get to him. And yeah. that just leaves man to man on the outside. And I don't, I mean, I also, you kind of give YouTube, UTEP credit because they had those fake QB runs, mm -hmm. which confuse, I mean, I've not seen that weird. since I've covered football or North Texas, I guess, the yeah. last few years. And it, I mean, you had it to, I remember one play. Uh, they all thought the QB was running it, Mets, and literally everybody went. I mean, corners and everybody, and he just threw it, and then they ended up getting him before he hit the end zone. But they did that three times, and mm -hmm. I, that kind of pads the stats a little bit. But, I mean, you, I feel like you got to kind of be prepared for that, too. Yeah. So Yeah. The, the linebackers, I felt like, were all right. They were not as dominant as they were the first four games of the year. EJ had that Again. big uh, tackle for loss, though. EJ did, EJ, yeah, EJ made, EJ made plays. Brandon Garner, I didn't. He never flew off the screen to me. Like I never once said, "Oh gosh, Brandon yeah. Garner just made one of his signature big tackles, whether it's in a run gap or whether it's coming around off the edge and sacking the quarterback." He never really caught my attention, which is, um, which is surprising. The Jamie King made a play or two. Joe Zogu played a decent amount as well. So good to see both of them getting some action. Uh, and then up front. I thought the biggest surprise to me was Bryce English. I mean, the snaps that I saw Bryce English play. I remember English you play, tweeting about him too. Gosh, he shoved the center back <laughs> yeah. on numerous occasions. He really got a push up front. So, I mean, that was probably the only defensive lineman that really caught my attention besides me getting upset at Hambone for that penalty in the oh, fourth yeah. quarter. No, I was good. just like, okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He always seems to be doing that. <laughs> Should have gave Bryce English 75. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Good Lord. Um, anything, else for, anything else on the game as far as offense and defense goes? We'll get into special teams. In a no. All I mean, right. I want, to talk about, I want to talk about a milestone Mason reached yesterday. Well, also, let's start with a more insignificant one. Okay. North Texas is now 5-1, the first time since 1988. And they beat, here's the funny thing, they beat UTEP to do that. And in 1988, Troy Reffitt was on UTEP as a defensive player. So. Good to know. There you go. The more you know. <laughs> the, uh, the more significant milestone is that Mason Fine is now number two all time in career passing yards. It's like 7,000 and what? 7,500. Uh, I'm not going to remember the exact number. You 93? 593? Something guessing. like that? So anyways, the main point is that he's only 977 yards away from the first place quarterback, which is Derek Anderson. 7,542. 542, I said 592. Close. All right. So anyways, he's 977 yards away from number one, Derek Anderson, who played from 2009 to 2013. A little bit before my time, but I know he was good from everybody telling me that. Um so 977 yards, there's two options here, and this is where I kind of want to get to because okay. this is what North Texas fans are going to want to keep an eye on in these coming games. 977 yards, he could get that in three games, right, would you say? That's 320, yeah. 330 yards a game pretty much. Yeah. He could get that in three games, and if he does that 
in three games, he will break the record at home against Rice. Okay. In three games. If he doesn't get in three games and he gets into four games, which is probably the worst case scenario, because that's 240 yards a game, he will do it on the road in Norfolk, Virginia against Old Dominion. And I'm assuming that North Texas fans want to honor Mason Fine and, and give him a standing ovation. Only the best quarterback to play yeah, in ever. Texas ever. Yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on. 977 yards. The big game. I mean, he could get. He could put a 400 yards yards against Rice. Oh yeah, easy. And that's the game. That's the break. The career defining game for him, where he breaks the record, puts a 400 yards. Five touchdowns. Uh, shoot. <laughs> I mean, you built him a statue right now. Uh, yeah. Next to Mean Joe. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, Mean Joe Green's blocking for him, and he's dropping back. <laughs> blocking but, for him. But, yes. Mean Joe on the old line? Yes, on the old line now. <laughs> he's flipped positions. So, anyways, that's something to keep an eye on. That's something I wanted to point out because I feel like a lot of people probably didn't, didn't know that because I didn't know that until I had to look it up and be like, oh, shoot. They m- hopefully will get this at home because that would suck if they get, he's like 20 yards short and they can't give him a standing ovation. But you yeah. know what's kind of interesting? Nor- Mason has 52 touchdowns in North Texas in his career. career. Yeah. Well, you figure he had 30, 31, 31 last year, 15 this year, and then six, six. Yeah, first year. It's yeah. just, I guess you don't really think about so 52 North touchdowns, Texas quarterbacks, 21 interceptions. 21 interceptions. Again, yep. this year, 15 touchdowns to one interception. And another stat that, because I'm looking Staggering. at stats right now. Yeah, go ahead. He, uh, last season, he had the, he, I mean, I guess his first two seasons, he was always kind of known as, he's going to sling the ball. Yeah. Kind of roll out of the pocket and just kind of throw it. Yeah. He had a long touchdown for 77 yards last season, 75 yards last season, or the season before that. And this season, it's only 46 yards. That's his longest? That's his longest. Yeah. And, um... He averages 8.3 yards attempt, which is better than both his first two seasons. Yeah. So it, it's that's ca- weird. Yeah. So so it's like there's... he's getting way, he's getting a lot more efficient. His QBR, his raw QBR, is also 10 points higher at uh, 74. Yeah. So I, I put it in my story yesterday, my game story, that his uh, adjusted pass percentage or adjusted yeah, completion percentage was like 70, is 83, 83, 83%. <sighs> so that takes away drops. And that takes away um, uh, quarterback uh, hurries, I believe, and that takes away spikes or some, yeah. something in that variation. So as far as just pure, whenever he gets a little bit of time and he can set his feet and throw, he's completing 83% of his passes. Or I, the, That's in crazy. theory, he should be completing 83% of yeah, his passes yeah, because yeah, yeah. the drops happen and his actual completion percentage is at, I believe, 65%, something around there. Uh, this season? Yes. This season it's 65, 64.9. 64.9%. So, man. So he, really, if you just cut the drops in half, yeah. that's 10 more completions. I mean, he's probably at 75%, 72%, 73 73%, and that's amongst the top of the country. It's just a big difference when his receivers are catching balls. So, yeah. yeah. The special teams also had a kind of a... Comeback party, would you say? Biagi is back. Biagi is back. We are done with the Biagi slander. We, we never are doubted done with him. The Cole I never slander. doubted him. Cole never Hedlund doubt. is still a good kicker. Shoot, he had hit a 52-yarder, season high. With, I don't know with if, some, with some, uh, yeah, season high. I don't know if that was his career high, long. I don't career know. long, I think they said it was 51. I thought that, I thought that's what they said too, but I'm not gonna. I didn't. Uh, that, jump that, to I know I'm going off base what yeah. the commentator said. I don't know what that's is the actually, commentator said. Yeah. So 52 yarder. I mean that's a that's a and big there time was, he, had, he had some he had some uh, room to go on that. So mm-hmm. uh, people were, man, we talked about this last week. The slander that Cole Headland was getting, 
Sure. Shoot, Biaggi was getting as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean for allowing a blocked kick and then the yeah, fumble and but, just everything. Okay, he shanked the first, or I know it's not really he shanked. shanked. He missed. He missed, he the, missed first one. the forty-one yarder. Yes. I guess if, you guys, if you guys are looking at the NFL right now, Mason Crosby's doing a really great job. Um, <laughs> listen, missed kicks happen. It just happened. At, happened to happen at, at the worst. Time. Yeah, at the ba- at the bad time and the block kick. That's not his fault. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to yeah. Uh, to block well on a 52-yarder is very difficult. To get the kick higher than the people trying to block it on a 52-yarder is also difficult. And then also, I feel like the kick the kick coverage team was pretty good. A lot of times they started inside their own 25. Uh, I believe UTEP's average field position was at their own 22, which yeah. is better than a touchback on a kickoff. So you know that they're pinning them deep. They're giving them tough field position. One of the touchdowns, though, in the second half, if I'm not mistaken, was UTEP driving from the 10-yard line yeah. to the end zone. It was 12 that's, plays, 90 yards. Yeah, 12 play 90 yards, <laughs> and that's when Mets QB, QB sneaked it in for the touchdown. That's when they just punched North Texas right in the face. And that's what made me—that was the most alarming drive for the North Texas defense. Yeah. Because the backup that was the quarterback one, at UTEP is driving 90 yards on you. That was the one where he ran up straight up the middle on the fourth and some change. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the, the the QB draw, I think it was, or something like that. Yeah, was it a draw? He, he went it? for a pass, and then he just oh, ran. Okay. He was like, it was big hole, just yeah. like Moses parting the sea, just open. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and, I mean, that happens a lot when you're in man-to-man defense, and so that's the risk you got to take. I mean, I think they once they saw Mets roll out their quarterback, they're like, hey, we don't got to guard this guy yeah. running the ball. It's not Loxley, but, I mean, Mets had some wheels on him. I mean, it was kind of... <laughs> I mean, this is for the whole game. It just didn't look like they were interested in being there. I mean, that's, it's a, that's a, it's it might sound true. I just feel like that's a really tough statement. I know it's it's it, you, it's hard to say because it's like they put their lives into yeah, you know, practice he, every day. I mean, I guess it's more like I feel like they underestimated. Okay, we'll say he, underestimated UTEP. I mean, the the atmosphere was terrible. The atmosphere was terrible. You had ten thousand people. Or yeah, something. in a fifty-one thousand seat stadium. Yeah. That's not actually. Yeah, they yeah. probably didn't even have ten thousand people there. Probably yeah, six. recorded ten thousand. Of course, uh, against the worst team in uh, FBS. FBS, and you're supposed to blow them out. So it's like, I mean, I'm not saying that they were, they were uninterested. I guess it's more like they just kind of going through the motions. Like, okay, <laughs> if we just do what we do, then yeah. here's the thing: we both played video games for a good okay. amount of time. Yes. I mean, we've also played some sports in our lives. Okay. Um, I mean, I've experienced this in tennis, but I mean, I think we can both relate to video games probably easier. We've all played. You're saying I'm un- unathletic? I'm no, not it's saying fun. you're it's okay. unathletic. It's okay. I am. Look at me. You know, it's it's all right, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, we've okay in a video game. Let's say we play FIFA. We play Madden. We play someone who we know is not good. I mean, like you can tell when a team when you're playing right. a guy who's not good. Yeah. It's kind of you. No matter what you try, you're stuff. just you're just gonna. You're gonna underestimate them subconsciously yeah, in there. Okay. I mean, I felt it when I when I would play tennis or play you play one on one against a guy, and you're like, oh, you can I can beat this guy in, in basketball or something, and then you miss a shot, and then he comes out and he does some BS and scores on you, and you're <laughs> like, oh, what, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, like you don't, and then you're like, oh, I'm actually gonna try, and then you end up like actually struggling to win. It because you're thinking it goes it, you're really in your quickly. own head at that yeah, point. Yeah, it goes yeah. really quickly. I feel like in all sports, whether it's on on the football field, tennis court, basketball court, video games, I don't care. If you're playing someone who you know anything is not competitive. good. Yeah, anything competitive. You know a guy's not good, you're you're not going to go as hard as they did against Arkansas. 
And so, Fair point, because they're not trying to prove anything. Yeah. You, first of all, you're playing in front of 6,000 people. You're playing, probably nobody's watching this game at home. Nobody's your parents, watching your parents probably aren't even watching this game. They're not downloading Sling and, and watching on and the computer. And typing in their credit card number and then have to cancel yeah, it right Yeah, that's what I had to do. Too much work. Yeah, no, you're, your friends are not watching this game. They're probably just scrolling their timeline on Twitter to watch it. I mean, so there's, you have to self-motivate yourself so much. And that's the thing about football is that it's a huge team game. And so I... Like Seth says all the time, it just takes a couple guys to just mess mess up, and not, and then you your team starts feeling pressure that you're like we're not actually losing this game, right? We're actually, right. We're not actually down ten right. to okay. seven to UTEP, and so then it's subconscious. That's what I always think about it because that's how it always seems to play out. Whenever no, that's a good point. Yeah, like whenever easier example is basketball. Star player goes down. What do we always see? That team whose player goes down Riley's. always ends they, up like, yeah. winning games. The Spurs yeah. did it whenever they rested the big three all the time. So, I mean, that's what I always chalk it up to. But, all right, you ready for something or nothing? I am or indeed ready for something or nothing. All right, do you want to answer the question first or after? Me first, because I've never heard him yet. The the question on there? Oh, Sorry. we'll do that afterwards. We'll do it afterwards. Okay. Um, I haven't seen that question yet, so we'll be even. It's nothing special. All right, first, something or nothing, North Texas has attempted 12 fourth down. Or, okay, I'm so bad at these. Is it something or nothing that North Texas has gone for it 12 times on fourth down this season? What's their percentage? They're 7 of 12. But 12 times in six games, that's two per game. No. I mean, something in this, like, it, it's You don't some- think that's a lot? No. Okay. North Texas is a proven offense. They know what they can do. I mean, seven and twelve. Granted, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not amazing. I wish it was eight to twelve or nine and twelve. But yeah, yeah. But. Um. I. I mean, I don't really know what to say to that. It's just. So it's not. They're just confident so it's in themselves. Normal. It's like, would you rather kick? I mean, Seth. Seth went for. I mean, Seth has trust his defense now. I mean, you wouldn't have seen this last season at all. That's true. Um, Seth has confidence in defense and his offense, as we know, is great. So. Um, great. Mason's great. Okay. Okay. There we go. Mason's Mason, great. Mason's. Seth has trusted Mason to kind of make something <laughs> there you happen. We just and, pulled that all the and, way back. Yeah, <laughs> just, just all the way back. Uh, anyways, so yeah, Seth has trusted Mason. Seven to twelve. Not the worst, but not the best. But I mean, it got them seven extra first downs and. Yeah. Um. I de- I, I and, definitely and, think it's something. And go most ahead. of these are midfield. If I'm right, yeah. I mean, they're obviously, yeah. They're, 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 not, they're like never the in field range whenever they do these. Usually, I'm trying to think. I th- I think there was one or two where they were like inside their their 15 or so, and they were like it was fourth and one. Here's the thing, I I, I always see this joke on Twitter, and I've kind of taken to it. Um, field goal field goals don't win you games, so I'm always in favor of going for it on fourth and manageable when you have Mason Fine at quarterback. And and when your offensive line is playing well, I, their offensive line didn't play well last week. But mm-hmm. if you have a game like Liberty, where the offensive line pushed them around, if fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three, you can run the ball. But you have Mason Fine. Kelvin Smith has to catch that pass, and so yeah, it they, be, there's your nine and twelve. Yeah, so there's eight <laughs> and twelve right there. Or so, eight and twelve, yeah. sorry. Um, so it's just stuff like that. I. I think it's a good thing, but I do think it's something in that it's a lot to go for it twice a game. No, it's not bad. Twice a but game. It, but is it? But does that make it bad? 
Just because I mean, something, just, beca- just if, because if, they, if it stays at seven to twelve, if it ends up being let's let's double this. If it ends up being fourteen to twenty-four for the year, that's not good. It has to be higher than but, sixty percent or if so. But it's, if it's midfield, you're still winning games. It gets you a score here or there. I mean, in terms of later down the drive, is it actually bad? Just because something isn't normal doesn't make it a bad thing. Well, yes, but I just don't think that their percentage is high enough right now. Six. Oh, wait, 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 what was it? Seven of twelve is not even sixty percent. You have to get it. It's it's like fourth and three all the time. But I don't I convert if you're gonna do it. Okay, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Two per game is a lot. I'm saying I'm saying going going on it for fourth on fourth down. I mean, I was listening to something the other day, and uh, it was about uh, I think it was Houston going forward on that fourth and Mm -hmm. whatever to win the game in overtime. Yeah. Um, they were saying that. If you look at the stats, they threw out some number. I'm not going to remember it because yes. bad memory. But it's it's more efficient to go for it. Like coaches should be going for it on fourth down every time, in terms of what they were saying based off of stats. Because yeah. it gets you. You say you have that 60 percent chance. North Texas gets that 60 percent chance. That's an extra 60 percent chance that you can score a touchdown on that drive. I mean, you have to think if you score a touchdown, that's more than yeah. two field goals on a drive. It is. The, I mean, I understand it. I understand it, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's up for interpretation if it's a bad thing. I just think they need to be ex- ex- executing them a little bit better. Over 60%. 7-12 is not good enough right now. To be going for it twice a game is pretty risky, in my opinion. I just think you need to convert it more. If it was 8-12, for 12, uh, I would have no problem with it. I agree to convert it more. I, I mean, just think 7-12 is we'll kind of we'll low. Let's say 8-12 for 12 because Kelvin Smith should But he didn't. There. Okay. Drops right. are, have been a thing of this team for the whole season. Yeah. So we can't, we can't say... Rico Bussy catches that pass, Mason Fine is like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It's okay. higher. I got you, I got you. So that that's a way for me. So that's that's something for me. What what is the next one? Uh, <laughs> this is kind of this one's kinda of funny. You kinda of brought this one up. Okay. And I kinda of ran with it. Okay. Something or nothing. I don't remember it. <laughs> Cujo Young having more catches than Jalen Guyton. Let's go. Cujo Young. I saw him come in the game and he caught that, uh, what was it? I think it was like a 27-yard <laughs> You don't pass. even remember what he had. I don't remember the, the length of the pass, but I remember the play. Yeah, the 23-yard pass. Okay. And he caught it and I was like, that's my preseason prediction right there. Yeah, that was. Something or nothing that Cujo Young. And I saw this at the Law Tech game. They put Cujo and Rico uh, on the outside when they were within, uh, I guess, 30 or 40 yards of mm-hmm. the end zone yeah. instead of Jalen Guyton when they were going for bombs. And I <laughs> thought that was super interesting. And it's come to fruition. And so, gosh damn it. <laughs> so how many more games this year will Kujo Young have more catchers than Jalen Guyton? Because Kujo had two, two last yes, night, right? Yes, Jalen had one. Jalen had one. How many more games will that happen? Of the, Let's say there's seven games left this season. Give me three games. Three of the three seven? Three games. All right. Because Jalen Guyton has done absolutely nothing. So. He had one catch against Law Tech. One catch this week. It's a rough life for my man I mean, Jalen Guyton. He's a great I guy. Hope, too, I hope so. he catches a touchdown pass to winning like the bowl game or something. I hope he does something really good. How about that? Just in I general? Hope. I just hope he, yeah, he doesn't drop a pass. <laughs> he just drop a pass in the end zone. So um, I'm going to say no. There's no way. I feel like Jalen Guyton, this is kind of why I brought this question up too. I feel like Jalen Guyton... Is gonna have a couple decent games in the near future. Look out for against that. two. Not Southern Miss. Okay. After Southern Miss, Rice. Who would play after? Is it UAB after Southern Miss? Uh, it might be right. Is it? Is it Southern Miss, UAB, um, Rice, ODU? Yeah, that's what it is. Southern Miss, I'm UAB, positive. Rice, ODU, FAU, UTSA. Okay. 
Out of those five, out of those one, two, three. So out of those seven, I feel like Jalen Guyton will outcatch Cujo Young at least six of them. When you say big game by, or decent games by. Four, four catches for 80 yards. Which games are you going to give him? You definitely said, you said Rice. Rice. Okay. And That's then one, one of the next two games. And then definitely ODU, too, because ODU, they're going to put up 40-plus if they're locked in. We're assuming we're seeing the same offense that we saw the first four games of the year. Exactly. And for the first quarter of La Tech. I do not think... Jalen has not been Jalen since really, mid-season like, last really year. Really, the concussion. Right. But yeah. even before that, it was kind of like, eh. In terms of, eh. like, he had, he had the, the... He was up and down in the middle, midpoint of the yeah, season. Yeah, and he hasn't shown me anything recently that's like... It's kind of like, a, what have you done for me lately? But like I'm saying, I feel like I know teams really treat him like are, the first receiver still. And I agree. Defenses still treat him like he's a really Notre Dame receiver. And, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying Jalen's bad. I'm not saying. Of course not. I'm not of saying. Course. Yeah, I'm saying that I need to see more from Jalen before I can go. Oh, but you've seen enough of Cujo Young. No, I'm, I'm just saying that <laughs> this this speaks more to what Jalen has done, and, okay. instead of what Cujo has done, because okay. we've seen Jalen have one catch I think in three games this this season. Yeah, and. You throw Cujo in the, the the whatever the first game was. He might have more catches than Jalen in two games this season. He might. So uh, excuse us also if we're saying Cujo wrong. Um, the commentary said Cudjo all all night last night, and I don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah, life is a lie. Should I call Jordan? Call him up. Get throw him on. Throw him on the, <laughs> throw him on the pod. <laughs> oh, one day, one day, I all feel right. like I could go really really badly with. Yeah. Hey, Jordan. And then he just says some stuff that is what not the, supposed bleep, 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 to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you calling me? It's Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to you on. Um, we need some stats for the pod, by the way. We're live. <laughs> We're live. Hello. It um, just hangs up. All right. What's the third one? Lastly, I have. Can you look something up for me? Okay. Quick? Can you look at the interception leaders in the country and by individuals? I want to see where Nate, Brook, Nate Brooks ranks. Oh, for cornerbacks. For, well, just interception numbers. Okay. Just you can go to interceptions, singular players, and stuff. Because my thing is that Nate Brooks has four interceptions at this point in the year. Okay. And it, I think he's going to be top ten or something in the country. I don't. I don't envision many people having more than four interceptions. Nate, Nate is tied for first with four. With who? Uh, Syracuse corner and Syracuse corner. some. Who knows what this team is? Akron. Akron. Akron, sorry. You're you're from that area. Oh, you should I'm know how to say Akron. Ohio. You're from the Michigan. Middle, the middle area. What are you talking about? The cold about? area. What are you talking Detroit, about? Detroit, Michigan. That is north, not the middle area. You are better than that. It's it's somewhere in the Midwest region. Northwest. Us, us northeast. Down, us northeast. down here in What are you talking about? Us down here Do in you Texas. know geography? Us down here in Texas, don't worry Literally about Literally twenty minutes from Canada. <laughs> we, don't, we don't worry about anyone else out up in that northern area. I'm just gonna say when I came here and saw that Texas did the Texas pledge, I was taken aback. <laughs> I was taken aback. <laughs> You were you were so surprised. I was like, like I was you like, had your hand, they everyone had their no, hand I, up. My first time during the Texas pledge, I sat down and was sitting and got yelled at by my Spanish teacher. She said, Stand up and I was like, What are we doing? Like, I don't know what's happening. This is middle school? Yeah. Oh boy. Eighth grade. Eighth grade, Jesus. Yeah, you've gotta respect Texas over here. Over oh, in these parts. Yeah, I was like okay. Alright, anyways. Will something or nothing Nate Brooks leading the country in interceptions. Something. North, Nate Brooks is a good corner. He didn't have a great game last night, but he had a decent game. He had the big yeah. interceptions. So. Yeah. Um, and Nate, Nate needs this. 
I feel like he was hyped up so much sophomore his sophomore year. I mean, Seth was like he's special talent. His junior, he's yeah. gonna go far, and then his junior year he gets benched midway through the season for Eric Jenkins, who didn't even play the first uh, four games. Four games, and here he is. He's, he's back. He's back. Um, I think this this is this means a lot. I mean, um, Nate, I feel like is. I don't want to say it, but I have to say it. Nate is an NFL prospect. <gasps> I mean, I wish we had a soundboard in here. I mean, I mean, yeah, like, <gasps> gosh, I just I, just I mean, to make I mean, that myself. But I mean, obviously undrafted, of uh, course. But I mean, he's he's, he's got he, size. Yeah, he has the size. He has the length, and now he's starting to you know put some stats up. Like, I mean, he's he's living up to his sophomore year hype. Yeah. Um, and he's not giving up big plays like last season. Yeah. So it's it's definitely something. And I think it's good for Nate. Yeah, I think he's had. I think a good thing for him, I'm not sure how much of a good thing it is, but he has plenty of experience playing man-to-man defense. Yeah, and that's <laughs> kind not, of like you said what ref has been running. Yeah, he's not hidden in his zone anywhere. He's not getting these interceptions by deceiving the quarterback at all. Yeah. He's legitimately covering his receiver very well for the most part, and he's been rewarded with interceptions. So, yeah. I mean, I think he's done a great job this year. I can see him getting a few more interceptions on the year. If he ends up with seven interceptions on the season, that will be incredible. That would be incredible. Big news. I'll tell you what, though, kind of changing, tweaking the subject a little bit. They need Kimon Hall back Agreed. as soon as possible. I really hope he can go next week. Not sure if he will be able to. It, it was a pretty bad shoulder injury. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play. Do you know this what week. it is? Mm, I just got that it was a shoulder injury. They okay. haven't even released any. They haven't even released the official Lauren Easley injury yet. But everyone knows it's an it's an ACL tear. They haven't. Released, yeah, they don't release yeah. anything. So is this? Is this? He's had it in both knees already. So this is his. No. Okay. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he he tore his ACL his high school in his high school year. The same ACL. Mm-hmm. All right. That was completely recovered. Then he injured himself last year, which is why he redshirted last year. His other leg. He hurt his other leg. I don't know. It wasn't an ACL. No, it wasn't an ACL. Okay, it, was it was like just... his knee or something. Okay. But he was recovering from that the whole time, and then he t- went back, and now he's torn the ACL that he tore his high school year. I think I got all that right. If somebody can correct me on that, if I'm wrong, then please do. But I'm pretty sure that that's what the case was. But yeah. So yeah. Okay. Uh, what was the question? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I have you something. Have something I have something. I just thought of this because oh, okay. we were on the topic of NFL prospects. Okay. So you have you have smaller schools that all the time, like Boston College. I think is has like one of the top schools to have they NFL, good NFL players. players yeah. yeah. When do you think North Texas players start getting? some recognition in in the NFL and start playing other than the three that I think are in there right now. And, because I heard this from one of the commentators last night, Seth was quoted saying that Mason is going to play 10 years in the NFL. <laughs> Something or nothing, do you think Nathan, or, whoa. Go ahead. Uh, Mason plays in the NFL. And two, is it something that... Nate, Nate and other players in North Texas starting to get on that national stage, do you think that more prospects, I mean, more players will get that kind of recognition right. that's needed? To answer your first question, how are we defining plays in the NFL for Mason? Give me backup. So he's going to be a backup. He will be on a two-deep roster. He will be he will, he will be number two on, on, a on team an NFL somewhere. roster. So he'll be a top 64 quarterback in the country. Yes. In the NFL, I should say. And he will get looks at number one when he first starts. What are the chances of that happening? You're obviously going to say, I mean, you have to say low, but at a smooth, <laughs> smooth, smooth 6%. Okay. For Mason Fine. Mason Fine 6, dang. Yeah, about 6% chance. 
I'll, I'll leave it at that. Sad. That's too Jeff no, Driscoll too is currently a backup in the NFL. Yeah, but Jeff Driscoll, how tall is Jeff Driscoll? 6'5". Hey, exactly. But Jeff Driscoll is not the accuracy of Mason Fine. <laughs> yeah. Got guys like Ryan Mallett a few years ago who are just big guys that can just throw the ball far and they can, they're going to they're going like, to be a backup somewhere. Like how are you going to have Greg White? Happen. I like, mean, like, there are big guys that can throw the ball far. That's that's what right, NFL teams kind of look at. Their percentage is like fifty something percent. It's a different world, man. It's a different world. I think I think with the way the NFL is going to more of like that college style offense, and we're kind of seeing that with Kansas City. And yeah, but Patrick Mahomes is a beast. Right. I'm not, I'm not I'm not talking about quarterbacks. I'm talking about just like in terms of style. Off, yeah. So you, I mean, the Saints same way, uh, 49ers the same way. They kind of have that spread type college offense. I feel like Mason can thrive in a system like that. Not saying he's going to be like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL or anything, but I think he could possibly get a look. So what do you put in the percentage at? Give me give me 60 that he makes a camp. Okay, well, that's not what you asked me. You asked me when, what are the odds he's going to be a top two quarterback on a team. Okay, I, I, I think he could be a backup. What's the percentage? I just I think it's going to happen. So can I guess I get 100. a percentage? So give 100% me, chance. Write it down now. This is ridiculous. This he is said, he said, this is taking a terrible We just lost credibility. You have to answer sorry. the other half of the question. What was the other half of the question? Oh, how long? Something, something or nothing, do you think that uh, North Texas is kind of national? I think it's going to take South Patrol staying here another year and building another uh, group of talented players. Um, the only players that I can see getting invites to camps, like let's say Keyshawn McLean level. Go higher than that. Okay, so Jeffrey Wilson level? I think making a practice team. So Jeffrey Wilson yeah. level. Jeffrey Wilson level, the only players on this team that can do that are Mason. <laughs> I didn't mean to stop so abruptly. I'm very Your sorry. Your face, it was the face. That's what did it for uh, me. To those, to those that are going to be listening to this, he was just staring completely like stoic at the wall. E- EJ? I don't know. I don't know about EJ. Don't think Nate? We're talking Jeffrey Wilson level. No, no, no. Wow, no, he's not. Uh, EJ's probably second on my list because that's that's. He's just physically. He's, he's big. He's big enough to compete at that level, but I don't know if he's quick enough to compete at that level. Fair. I mean, I think he might have to be a outside linebacker or something in a three-four or something like that. I don't think he'll. He kind of plays that now. I mean, outside in a way, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, those are probably the only two right now. But we'll see. All right. Um, oh yeah, your question. Uh, so the question was by, I believe it's your brother. So. Oh yes. He Hello, said. He said you brother. you still predicting a bowl game for y'all. So I'm assuming y'all is North Texas. They're gonna make a bowl game. Wait, he asked if they're gonna make a bowl game. Yeah. So let's 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 expand on this question instead of just what like, a terrible question, Zach. Yes, they're gonna make a bowl game. All right. Uh, podcast over. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, they'll make a bowl what, game. What, what, kind, of, what kind of team do you think they'll be playing this year? Troy level or higher? Well, okay, okay, this kind of goes into how what we think they're going to do for the rest of the season. So, if they, assuming they go... The worst case scenario, they lose five games. Including... What the heck? What the heck? Or like... Oh, I mean... Like five games, I guess that includes a bowl game. They're going to lose five games. Say three games. Okay, that's worst think, case scenario. Yeah, worst, worst case scenario, scenario they, they lose three games. games to UAB Including FAU That's whatever. assuming that they lose the conference championship game. Oh, shoot. Well, then, yeah. Worst case scenario is four games then. Whatever. Nine and four, I think, is the worst case scenario. If they play in the conference champ, they won't play in the conference championship game. If they lose three games though, so erase that. Nine and three, they'll play someone. They'll play. They'll play the same level we played last year. They'll they'll play. 
a, an adequate team. They might play like adequate. Southern Miss last year played Florida State and got wrecked by Florida State. <laughs> Even though Florida State was bad last year. I think North Texas gets wrecked by Florida hey, State. North Texas could play a team like Florida State. I mean, North Texas could play a 6-6 a six and six team that has a very bad season for their standards. Like, ask me to name a team like that off the top of my head is going to be... You can do it. Remember when people said North... Uh... What's USC this year? Is USC 2-2? Two two? Can you look that up? You have the computer. Who is who? USC? USC? Also, your brother said uh, North Texas barely beat UTEP. You guys really think that's where they're at? We don't know where they're at anymore. <laughs> we know where they're at. We know where they're at. We know where they're UTEP's at. a blip on the map. UTEP is, I agree, I think it's a definitely a blip on the map. I don't think that, I don't think we, sh- we should get used to North Texas playing as bad as they did last week. And if, because, they, they, if they did, then sad. If they if they do play as poorly as that, then they won't be making a bowl game. They no are 3-1. and one. Okay, then never mind. They've only lost to Texas. Think. Arizona State? What's Arizona State? Uh, a team like Arizona State. Arizona State, Did they I believe, win? lost really badly to a team that's not good. No, they they played a good team last week. Um, just kidding. They are four five and zero. Oh. They won last night. Who they beat? They beat a good team, Colorado, oh, right? Today, who they beat? Or yesterday, uh, Colorado, right? Colorado twenty. Or no, oh. they lost to Colorado. Sorry. Can you get any stats? Right? I, the way this Anyways, is, yeah. besides the point, they they'll touchdown. be playing a, a mediocre team like Purdue or something in the bowl, in a bowl game if they go 9-3. and three, So, there you go. Sorry um, for being bad. <laughs> but best case scenario, they go 11-1, which I think is on the table still considering what FAU has done. And that kind of gets into our conference outlook because we have some Praise information. Praise the heavens for La Tech has lost. And we didn't think it was going to happen until FAU. We didn't think it was going to happen at all. No, you didn't think it was going to happen at all. I was nervous. Very nervous. But, I mean, it's a big big result. You may be smacked. You'd be being 28-7 last night. Is it Jamar or Jamar? I I say Jamar. Okay, I'm going to say Jamar because that's how I've always said it. Okay. Okay. He was 9 of 23. That was bad. Yeah. 107 yards. One interception. UAB's quarterback. Oh, what's his name? He's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Don't. But he was worse. But what's his name? AJ Early. AJ Early. AJ Early. He's eight of twenty-four for one hundred thirty-six yards, a touchdown. See, the thing is, that sounded like just a rock fight where they just threw rocks at each other the whole time, and one of them started bleeding, and then they just started (laughs) punching him. That's what it felt. That's what it sounds like, right? When nobody can pass the ball, they couldn't even run the ball that effectively. No, they ran the ball. Spencer, what did Spencer Brown do for UAB? 20 for 90 and two touchdowns. Not bad. That's only three and a half yards to carry. I mean, it's still two touchdowns. I mean, so, if you think. I mean, DeAndre Toy had three they touchdowns only allowed, against I mean, Each team only had, I mean, I guess UAB had 365 yards, but La Tech only had 256. Okay, so is this more of a red flag for La Tech or a green flag for UAB? Or a red flag for North Texas? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a red flag for North Texas if UAB is, ends up being really better than what we thought they were, but I don't think they're going to be. So, like I said, this division is going to be wide open. UAB, Southern Miss, North Texas. Yeah, UAB's two and zero. So this could go. This could be to where UAB is the competitor. It could. It could. It could. It could. It could. But, but UAB still has a good, a um, good schedule ahead of them. So, Black Tech lost. That's all. That's all North Texas fans need to care that's about right true. now. It's UAB true because UAB is coming up on the schedule, so don't yes. worry about them later. Yeah. If if North Texas beats UAB, then they're it's, in the driver's seat. Yeah, exactly. The but again, they have to win out. Yeah, North and LaTeX has to lose. Still has to lose one more game. Um, they got FAU though. Yeah, LaTeX. LaTeX now has where you can kind of predict a loss. Southern Miss and Southern Miss FAU. FAU. 
That's it. Do they have Western or Middle? They have Western. Western, yeah. Western's all right. Western's all one and four, but yeah, they had them good, good teams. All right. So. Um. Oh, and then Florida Atlantic. That's what we're talking about. Next. Florida Atlantic. That's what that. Their defense is still not good. Their defense is still. But hey, their offense put up fifty-two points. Devin Singletary, I believe, leads the country in r- rushes. Devin Singletary had 168 yards and on two how many touchdowns. Carries? On how many carries? 19. Oh, that's it. Devin Singletary Jeez. is still going to run on North Texas. Devin Singletary will light up North Texas on the ground. And so it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be Devin Singletary against Mason Fine. And their quarterback's kind of coming around. 339 yards for two touchdowns, 21 to 32. That's pretty good. Take that for that's what you good, will. That's a good night. Yeah, Who did they play again? Who did FAU play? ODU. ODU. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Kind of take that for what you will because yeah. ODU's defense is not... Spectacular by any chance of the imagination. Tell that to Virginia Tech. <laughs> you saying FAU's gonna beat Virginia Tech now? <laughs> if Old Dominion beat them, sheesh. I don't know what to. I don't know how good Virginia that Tech means is. Virginia Tech got killed by Notre Dame last night too. That's another exactly. thing. Notre Dame's exactly. really good though, but you know you um, get my point. But yeah, so FAU defense is worse, obviously, but their mm-hmm. offense can still put up points. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Old Dominion, eh? Who Old knows Domin- what Old Dominion will do- get? Old yeah. Dominion will score points, though. I do think. Yeah, that. Old I, Dominion has a good offense. North Texas is going to have to put up a lot of points yeah, to beat Old I agree. Dominion. Southern Miss, uh, we'll get into that in preview. Yeah. UAB has looked good up to this point. What's UAB's overall record? Three and two, I believe. Right? Four and one. For conf- four and one. Four and one overall. Yes. And in conference, they have beaten. They have beaten. La Tech. La Tech. Sorry, I'm clicking on their thing. Okay. La Tech and Charlotte, 28-7. Both their conference wins are 28-7. They lost to CCU. Coastal Carolina. They lost to them by... Coastal Carolina's not bad. A very large amount. Yeah. So again, I think that North Texas still has the track record to trust them the most out of anyone in this conference right now. So that's my take on it. We'll see. I think they should still be the favorites. North Texas should be. Them and UAB should be the favorites back and forth. With, for what? To uh, win? It's in the division. In the division. What happened to you thinking La Tech was all of a sudden sick? What happened to that 6% chance that you gave him last week to make the conference? 10. Championship? I, I'm pretty sure I gave him like 10. No, it was like 6. It's up to like 25 now. For La Tech to choke the way they do last week or a Man, one week after an emotional this win. This was definitely a trap game for them. It was. I mean, they, they yeah. were probably they were like, oh, we just beat the what was going to be the, the favorites. The favorites to win the, the whole thing. And now they just got smacked. Yeah. So, they got humbled. Yeah, so. they did. All right, let's get to Southern Miss. Southern Miss, North Texas' next opponent. This is going to be a huge game. They haven't played in a while. Southern Miss had a bye week last week. They also had a game against Appalachian State canceled in week two, I believe. Yeah. So they have had two bye weeks up to this point already. They've played four games. They're 2-2, two and 1-0 two, one and oh in conference. Week one, they beat Jackson State, FCS. 55-7. They, then they lost to Louisiana Monroe, 21-20. to Louisiana Monroe is not a bad team, per se, but still, it's not an impressive loss. Um, then they beat Rice, 40-22, to which is expected, because Rice is completely might, be, might be worse than UTEP. Rice is terrible. Possibly. Um, then they lost to Auburn in an impressive fashion, 24-13, which we talked about last week at, at yeah, length. Yeah, that, that impressive fashion was not a sarcastic No, no, no. They, they legit played They gave Auburn. Auburn a game. Yeah, they did. And I, we talked about that in depth last week. So, yeah. Um, um, I don't think we need to get too deep into that specific game. Yeah, I agree. But overall, they've been a good team um, both offensively and defensively. They have a pretty good balance. 
Uh, I think they're giving up 18 points a game through the four games. They're, and they're coming off a bye week. So yeah. they're not going to be beat up like North Texas No, is. I mean, they, and they've had two. I mean, yeah, two they've had pretty much two bye so weeks. They're, so they're rested. They're fine. They are perfectly um, fine. They, uh, they're, they're, they're interesting because I don't really think that they have, like, an ex- they don't have explosive players on really either side. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, in terms of, like, one standout player. Yeah, but they have, they, they have they're, a they're, they're a team that is physical. Yeah, I mean you have to be to go up against an Auburn team, mm-hmm. um, but they're like they're, like I said they're a physical team they're they're a, they're a strong team. This is going to be another grind out game I think. I, um, I agree. Like a, like a La Tech. Okay, so like a low scoring game again. Maybe I not. See that. Maybe not low scoring, but I think it's going to be rough in the first quarter, first and second quarter uh-huh. to kind of get started. The thing is Southern Miss. Their run game is really bad on paper. Very bad games, on paper. Through four games. Yeah. Their leading rusher, uh, as to, as, in terms of total yards, go has, is averaging 2.7 yards a carry. Yeah, 25 for 116. Yeah, so that's nothing Not good. through four games. Uh, they Their quarterback, Jack Abraham, in four games has 11 touchdowns, which is you know pretty good, but he has five interceptions, which is not, not good. good. And, but How his many receivers of those are pretty... I, I have no clue. I'm going to look that up. So... But he has receivers who can play, which isn't something new for North Texas. They've played a, a, a bunch of good receivers this year, whether it's Pro Shea in week one, whether it's the Arkansas receivers week two, week uh, four or three. Um, Liberty had that Antonio Gandy Golden who was good yeah. last week. or La Tech had some good receivers as well. Through two picks against, against Auburn. Against Auburn. So, yeah. I think a big thing is going to be whether they can get to him or not. North Texas, they haven't got to quarterbacks in the last two games. Agreed, yeah. At all, pretty much. I yeah. mean, UTEP, UTEP's quarterback was bad, so it kind of, those two sacks they had on him were kind of just a result of him, like, panicking and just running around there. And yeah, he, he moved eventually. up in the pocket and just yeah. kind of stood there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was uh, not, he wasn't very good. So, I'm assuming this Jack Abraham guy, I haven't seen him play. We have not seen him play. We've been busy every Saturday, obviously, covering North Texas, because they haven't had a bye. Yet. But... Jack Abraham on paper seems like he's a good quarterback, but he's kind of erratic. How many yards is he passing for per game? Uh, twelve. Oh, per game. Yeah. Uh, well, give me the total number. Actually, he's twelve hundred eighty-three. So that's four hundred. Whoa, twelve hundred eighty-three. Yeah. Three hundred. That's three hundred. I'm sorry. I'm I was tripping. like, now four hundred a game. But I like yeah, had to do quick tripping, math tripping, in my head. I was like, what are you talking about? Okay, so he's averaging <laughs> over three hundred yards per game, which is a really solid number. FCS school, one of them. FCS school is one of them, but FCS school is one of Mason's as well. I mean, it goes both ways. This is fair. The the thing is, he has good receivers in Quez Watkins, who has 29 catches in four games for six touchdowns. That's huge. Yeah, that's that's really big. I mean, that's a Nate Brooks assignment written all over it. If Kimon, especially if Kimon Hall is not healthy, then you have another receiver in uh, Jalon Adams, who has 25 catches and two touchdowns in four games. So yeah. you have two guys who have caught. What is that? That's an average of 11, 12 catches a game for this team. Between them, yeah, that's that's a that's, that's a tall task, and I really hope Kimon Hall is healthy for that, because if he's not, Cam Johnson I think, is going to have his hands full, and they might have to help him a little yeah, bit more than they, what I they think, did last week. I think they're going to have to do a lot of what teams do to Jalen Guyton, kind of bracket. Yeah, especially and, what they used to do with Jalen Guyton. Yeah, and they that's if Kimon's not healthy, because if they're, they're not, not going to be able to line up man to man straight up, especially yeah on both sides. Assuming I mean, Jalen Adams and Quiz Watkins are yeah. both. Guys who can make plays in a way that Louisiana Tech receivers kind of did, in a way that uh, li- even Liberty had a, had some success in th- through the air. 
But if if Kimon Hall is not healthy, I think Cam, Cam Wait, Johnson who, who, needs some What were the two receivers' names? Uh, Quez Watkins and Jalon Adams. Oh, sorry. Okay. I was looking at rushing, and it says one for eight, and I was like, why are you talking about Quez? But they just ran a switch Yeah, get, get your numbers right. Sorry, 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 sorry. But yeah, like I said, I mean, I think you're going to have to shade Kyrie Muhammad. Well, Kyrie Muhammad's a better man-to-man defender than Taylor Robinson, in my estimation. So Taylor Robinson will have to go over there and help him a little bit more, and it'll just it'll open up things a little yeah. bit more. So yeah. it'll be it'll be a tough situation if Kimon Hall is not healthy. I think if you if this game comes to a shootout, which I don't think it will, I think it'll... I mean, Mason, I think, will win a shootout every every time. Um, I think this. I think Southern Miss is going to try to rush it in yeah. terms of, like, because you give North Texas time, they're going to score, and they're going to try. They need to take – you can't You can't have North Texas win the possession, like, 38 to – Yeah. Or whatever. 22. That, yeah, 22. Um, I think they're going to try to Control take it. some possession. I don't think it's going to work, and it'll eventually – they're just going to start throwing the ball, and I think that'll lead to some, some mistakes – yeah. Uh, for their quarterback. Yeah. On the defensive side of the ball, the only person's name I have written down for uh, Southern Miss, even though I know they have good good linebackers, um, yeah, is on the defensive line I have Jaquez Turner, who has two sacks and 4.5 tackles for loss, which isn't huge. But through four games, that's not bad. So a third of the season he has two sacks. I mean, that's pretty good for a defense alignment. So that's the one guy I have written down for them. I don't anticipate their defense being over the top. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be suffocating like Louisiana Tech's, but, I mean, they're going to be pretty pretty solid. So, so, like you said, I could see it being in the low 30s, high 20s, like Louisiana Tech. I don't – I think La Tech has a lot of talent in the secondary. I don't think Southern Miss has that. And, like I said, I think early it'll be it'll be like kind of a grind, grinding it out. But I think in the second quarter, I think North Texas will kind of make it that two, three-score game that mm-hmm. we're used to seeing, only because – Southern Miss will feel that pressure mm-hmm. without having the run game. Yeah, yeah. And North Texas is at, is at home, so that should help uh, as as usual, as it always does. Yeah. So of course. Um, you ready for predictions? Yeah, you go first. Oh, yeah, I, went for, I always go first. Put it on me this time, huh? I uh, think I've gone first every time. I got North Texas here. Wait, wait. What were last week's predictions? I forgot. Oh, I'm I'm not looking them up right now. That will take way too long. Oh, I can wait. Do I have them written down? You have them written down. Oh, they're in my other book. I started a different book. No, oh, no, I used didn't. this book last week. Got it. Uh, we were I, off by I a lot. I had 48-13, and you oh, had 38-10. to 10, So you win that week. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, Who really won? No. <laughs> so then um, I ha- I'm going to take North Texas. I'm going to take North Texas. Man. All right, let me start with Southern Miss. Southern Miss, I think they're going to score a good amount of points. Because I'm assuming that Kimon Hall is not going to be able to go. That's going to be my main assumption. So I do think that that Southern Miss will be able to put some points on the board. So I'm going to say I'm going to say 30. I'm say 34, 28 North Texas. Ooh, it's kind of a close one. North Texas comes home. They hungry for a big dub after UTEP. I think 40, 25. 27. Give me 20, 27. 25 27. is a weird number. That's a weird number. That's right. Uh, I think it'll be close going to third quarter, but then 40 Mason will come through. I, I could see North Texas coming out and playing really well and kind of putting their stamp back on yeah, the, like, the conference. Yeah, I agree. All right. All right. Well, we thank you for listening to us on SoundCloud or watching the stream on Twitch at Bruni's Breakdown. You can follow him on Twitter at CJH Mitchell. Follow there you go. me on Twitter right there. at Matt Bruni. That's on the stream, there. as you will see. 
Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. This was a fun episode, even though North Texas had us had us, um, you know, grabbing for air. Hey, a win's a win. But a win is a win. That's what, <laughs> that's the conclusion we've reached. Man, tonight. that's really corny. We keep using that. I know. We're done. Deleted. <laughs> um, we'll see y'all after Southern Miss next week. It should be a good one. I'm excited for it. It'll be home again. So make sure you get your tickets to that. The return of the halftime cookies and barbecue. Texas. Oh, it's time. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. You have a great week.